When you think of Beatitudes in the Bible, often we think of Matthew chapter 5. Brother Mike, on Wednesday nights, the last couple of Wednesday nights, he's been going through the Beatitudes of Matthew chapter 5 and the first 12 verses. Attitudes that we need to have as Christians, attitudes that we need to possess, attitudes that we see in God that we need to possess ourselves as His people and as His followers. There is one beatitude that is not found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. A beatitude of Jesus. It's not found in the book of Revelation where we find several more beatitudes given by Jesus. But there is a beatitude that we don't know exactly when Jesus would have said it. But Paul, in Acts chapter 20, attributes this beatitude directly to Jesus. In fact, if you have a copy of the New Testament with with red letters... Acts chapter 20 and verse 35, you're going to find red letters. In Acts chapter 20, Jesus is having a com- or Paul rather is having a conversation with the elders of Ephesus. And he has called them there to where he is and he is uh, giving them final instructions. As you recall, when that conversation is over, these grown men are going to cry like little babies. They're going to hug each other, they're going to sorrow, and and they're going to hug and and be sorrowful in the fact that they're not going to see each other this side of heaven again. What are you going to say in those final words, Paul? One of the final things that Paul will say is, brothers, I want you to remember how when I was with you, I labored among you. I want you to remember, brothers, that when you are shepherding that flock in Ephesus, that you need to be about upholding and supporting those who are weak. And he gives the beatitude of Jesus in verse 35. It is more blessed to give than to receive. The beatitude of Jesus, not found in any of the Gospels or in the book of Revelation. The beatitude of Acts 20 and verse 35. That beatitude, I'll just say, is, is a rather difficult one for many of us. I put myself in this category. I remember when Christmas or my birthday would come and I was a boy. I just couldn't wait. I was not about giving presents. I was all about receiving presents. I wouldn't make a list of gifts I was going to give. I would make a list of the gifts I wanted to receive. I was all about it. And, and I think that's a fine thing for children to do. But yet sometimes as adults, we're still making the list of our wants, still making a list of our desires, still making lists of things that we want to receive, and our, our column over here of giving can be skimpy, right? It, it cannot be full. And we, we have this still childlike way of thinking that I want to receive, but I'm not very willing to give. Our shepherds this morning are going to present a budget It's nothing set in stone. It's just a way of outlining some thinking for the year. Outlining how, what direction do we want to take things? Where do we see ourselves going in the next year? And so, Brother Terry, on behalf of our elders, is going to present us this morning with that. And with that in mind, I want us to just think for a few minutes about our giving. It's not something that I think necessarily is a a big issue here uh, at Westside. Uh, This congregation is one of the most generous uh, people I have ever seen or been a part of. But if we don't talk about it, then it never gets talked about. 
And so we need to talk about it. These are things that we need to be thinking about from time to time because we want to strive to be mature in the eyes of God. And we want to push ourselves to be that way. If you have your Bibles, do have them open to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. In the first seven verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul is going to use the word grace three times. Three times in the first seven verses. In a context that is dealing with giving, with with, uh, collecting money, he connects that to grace. And it's a very special connection that he makes. Now, when you and I, we think about grace, we think of unmerited favor, right? When we think of grace, we automatically make this connection to Jesus and his sacrifice. And that is a good and right thing for us to do. Uh, Brother Lynn mentioned Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, which talks about the riches of God's grace, and it's connected to the blood of Jesus Christ, which provides us with the forgiveness of our sins. In this context, Paul is going to make a connection to Jesus and to his sacrifice. If you look there in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 9, the Bible says, "...for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ." that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. You see, he's talking there about Jesus emptying himself. He was rich. He's the fullness of God, and yet emptied himself to put on flesh, to come down, to do what? To sacrifice himself for my sin, so that through his poverty I might be rich. If you look at the very last verse of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, what does Paul say? Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. The gift of His Son. The gift of the sacrifice of Jesus. It is right and good when we assemble to worship God as we are doing in this very moment. It is right and good for us to give much attention and focus into our singing praises to God. Our song leaders do a wonderful job of selecting songs that help us to focus our minds in praising God. It is right and good for us to do this. It is right and good for us to think about the prayers that are being prayed. It's one man up here leading, and Brother Danny does such a wonderful job of leading prayer. But as Brother Danny is praying, where are our minds? We're focused on those words. Collectively, we are offering this prayer to God. It is right and good for us to do this. That's exactly what they did in the first century. That's what we read about in the pages of the New Testament. And we do the same. It is right and good for us, as Brother Lynn led us in wonderful thoughts, to focus our minds on the sacrifice of Jesus. The ultimate picture of God's grace. God extending His favor to us, though we don't deserve it. God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. It is good for us, as they did in the first century on the first day of every week, to focus our minds on the sacrifice of our Lord. It is right and good for us to open our Bibles and to study together from the Word of God, to be built up and encouraged in doing so as part of our collective worship together. And it is right and it is good for us to take up an offering every Lord's day just as they were commanded to do in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, so we do also. 
On the first day of every week, let each of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. That's what Paul said, and that is what we do. It is right and good. But you know, there are several Sundays that go by, and really nothing is even said about giving, right? We focus on all of these areas, and sometimes one of the elders, and again, this is to no one's fault, I'm just saying that sometimes one of the elders at the end of announcements will remind us that the trays are there. Sometimes a song leader will stand up before the closing song and remind us that the, the trays are there. But sometimes it, it just kind of is in, in passing. It's just implied. It, the trays are there. You walk by them. You throw something in and you just keep walking. I do the same thing. But it is right and good for us to give some attention to this. It is an aspect of our worship to God. That's what we find in the New Testament. And it is right and good for us to focus our minds as we collectively offer God our worship to focus on these things. There are honest and sincere people asking the question, how much should I give? How much should I give? You know, it's pretty clear in the Old Testament, you have a tithe. God connect, uh, commanded under the, the law of Moses that they were to give a tithe, a tenth. Not just of their incoming income, but a tenth of everything they had. Imagine that. A tenth of everything they had, they were going to offer it to God. And then above that, there were other offerings that they were going to make. New Testament... The word tithe isn't there. If we're going to speak as the Bible speaks and use Bible words and Bible ways, we're not going to use the word tithe. We don't tithe because we're not commanded to give that amount. We're not commanded to give a tenth under the new law, the law of Christ. We don't tithe. How much should I give, though? Well, this morning, I'm not going to give you a specific amount because the New Testament is silent on specific amount. But there's a mindset that I want you to consider just for a few minutes. I know the elders are going to present that budget, and so I'm, I'm going to take a little less time. I'm going to try to anyway uh, to give a little less time. But I want you to keep your Bibles open. I just want to go through uh, those first seven verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. If you just look at verse number 1, the Bible says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. So you have this region of Macedonia. There are several congregations, it would seem, in that region of the Lord's church. And Paul is saying to the congregation in Corinth that, hey, I want you to know about these congregations of Macedonia. I want you to know that the grace of God has been bestowed, has been poured out upon these congregations. Well, I'm reading it now all these years later after it's written, some 2,000 years later, and I'm wanting to know, hey... What do we need to do at Westside to have God's favor bestowed upon us like they did in Macedonia, like they had the grace of God bestowed upon them? What do we need to be about? What does my mindset need to be? Where does our focus need to be? In this context, he's going to speak of giving. I'm asking the question this morning, how can I honor God with my giving? And I want you to think personally. This is a wonderful group of people that meets here at Westside, a wonderful congregation to be a part of. 
And I know that we need to be thinking in terms of, of collectively what can we be about and what can we be doing. But this morning, I'm asking you to think of it as an individual, as your family, as you in your family. What is my giving and how am I doing this? And is it really honoring God? These people were honoring God in their giving, and I want to uh, duplicate it. I want to be what they were about. Verse number 2 says, "...that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality." Other translations have the word generosity at the end of verse number 2. I want, as a Christian, to give to God liberally. To give to God generously. These people had the grace of God bestowed upon them. This is what they were about. I want to be a generous giver. Don't you? That's what this is about. I want to be thinking in terms of this way. Now, I want you to just think for a moment about their condition. This region of Macedonia was poor. I'm telling you, they were poor. When we think of poor, just dig deeper than that, and you have Macedonia. Macedonia, this time, had gone through three consecutive civil wars. And it was so bad that Tiberius Caesar actually lowered their taxes. You ever heard of a dictator lowering taxes? I mean, this is a guy who's pretty ruthless And yet he understood, these people don't have anything. I'm going to lower their taxes. They were poor. Poorer than you and I could really begin to even imagine. The word poverty that Paul uses there in verse number 2, the word poverty actually means deep poverty. And so he, he says this was deep, deep poverty. It was deep, deep poverty. They were in the Depths of poverty. That's what he says about these Christians in Macedonia. And yet, out of the depths of poverty, they were giving abundantly, generously, liberally. I just don't know that I can begin to think about what their situation was and how much they really were giving. But this is an attitude that I need to think about in my life in my giving to God. It's the attitude that Jesus saw on display in Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4 of that widow, right? When Jesus watched all of these people pass through and drop an offering into the plate, as it were, and he says, and then he sees this widow and she just gives two mites, I mean, less than a penny. And, and she, he says, she gave more than all of them. It wasn't an amount, was it? It was a mindset. Jesus says they gave out of their abundance. She, out of her poverty. It's just something to consider in our giving. Am I just really just kind of taking uh, off the top, just kind of giving what, what you know, I'm comfortable with and, and it still allows me to, to be fine? Or am I really thinking about this mindset that says, out of my deep poverty, I'm still going to give Liberally, I want to be generous in what I'm giving to God. I want His grace bestowed upon me, and I want to think about this. Number two, there are six, by the way. Give bountifully. Give bountifully. 
Verse number 3, Paul says, For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. They gave, he says, beyond even what they were willing or able to give, beyond their power to give, that's what they gave. They gave according to their ability. Nope. They gave beyond their ability. Bountifully. That's what Paul says about these Christians in Macedonia. Now, just think about what I'm about to say. I'm thinking about my, my toes. All right, Stepping on my own toes. Thinking about my giving in the eyes of God. I know what it means to live beyond my means. Been there, done that? Find yourself in debt, credit cards, uh, loans, whatever it is. I know what it is to live beyond my means. Americans were pretty good at that. You ever thought about what it might be like to give beyond your means? We never tried that one on. You ever thought about that? I know what it is to live beyond my means, but have ever tried to give beyond my means? Because that's what Paul is saying about these Christians in Macedonia. He said, this is a mindset, it's an attitude that these brethren have. They gave beyond their ability. Think about that. I can't say I've ever tried that one on. But isn't that something to consider and think about? That's what Paul says. These people had the grace of God bestowed upon them in this mindset and what they were willing to do. Lesson number three. They gave willingly. You see, they, they gave, verse number three, according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. Some of my earliest childhood memories involve worshiping with family. In, uh, in that church building in Winfield, Kansas, where I grew up attending, there was the Lawrence Pew. That was my mother's maiden name, the Lawrence Pew. And the Lawrences were, it was a long pew, and they, we filled it. There were all of us there. My grandparents, I had a great aunt who was there. My parents, an aunt and uncle, all my cousins. Uh, we, we sometimes would spill over onto other pews. But the Lawrences, we were a big part of that congregation. And so uh, one of my earliest childhood memories is sitting next to my great aunt on Sunday mornings during worship. And when the Lord's Supper, time for the Lord's Supper, we would, uh, they would take the Lord's Supper, and, and then they would pass the trays, right? We, we would have the offering. And before the, the trays would come, my great aunt, she was so sweet, such a wonderful Christian lady, never married, just a, a wonderful influence in my life. She would pull out her purse, and she had this little bag that had a clippy thing, and she would un, undo the, the hinges, and it was full of quarters. And she would begin passing quarters down the pews to all of us kids. And the joy of dropping the quarter into the plate. One of my earliest childhood memories that I, I can recall of, of getting that quarter and dropping it into the plate. As an aside, just for a moment, parents, the trays are back there. Don't stop letting your kids drop something in it. it that did something for me. I know it did. I, I didn't understand it at the time, but I know that did something for me. There was a joy in dropping something into that plate that's just instilled in our children. And so, let your children drop something in that plate. It's really important for them to do that and to start at a very early age. They're giving something to God. Let them do that. 
tell them what they're doing. It's a teachable moment that we need to learn. Time in. Willingly giving. As a boy, no one had to twist my arm to drop that quarter in. I can't say that there weren't weeks maybe where I didn't think about putting it in my pocket, but I don't recall that. I recall being anxious to drop that quarter into the plate. I was ready for that plate to come, and I was ready to drop that in there. At some point, though, you grow up, don't you? You want to grow up not only physically, you want to grow up in your thinking and in your mindset. And you want to appreciate what God has done for you through His Son. And you understand that your giving is an extension of your love for Him and appreciation for what He's offered you through His Son. And no one needs to be standing there twisting your arm and saying, hey, drop it. You put that in there. These people were freely willing, freely willing to give to God. I want you to think about this with me over in chapter 9 and verse 5. The whole point of what Paul is saying to these Christians in Corinth, he's saying, look, I just want you to know about what your brethren over there in Macedonia have done. I want you to know about the collection that we've taken up for them. And he's also reminding these Christians, hey, you said that you also would take up a collection and you would send it for relief for your brethren in Judea. And so he's reminding them. And so before Paul comes to town, he sends Titus and some others, it would seem, and he's, make sure all this is collected. Make sure all of this is ready. I'm coming. You said that you were going to give. I'm just telling you, I'm on my way to give that, get that collection and to go and help uh, the brethren who are in need. So he says, I want you to know, in verse number 5 of chapter 9, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. What's your mindset when it comes to giving? It's just an obligation. You know, I'm just going through the motions here. I understand the trays are back there every Sunday. You know, I write my check or I get my money and every Sunday I just go through the same motions. I've been doing this for a long time and uh, I'm going to walk by there. I'm going to drop it in. I'm not going to give it really a second thought. It's just an obligation. It's just something I do. It's just part of my routine. Paul says, I don't want it to be part of your routine. I don't want you to think about this as a, a grudgingly obligation. I, I don't want to give it. It's just part of what I do, though. Or I'm just going to give it because that's what I always have done. He says, I want you to be engaged in every aspect of worship. I want you to think about what you're doing. I want you to have prepared yourself ahead of time, and I want you to drop that in and give great and serious thought into what you're doing. I don't want you to give it with a, with a grudge. In fact, he will say later, I want you in verse number 7, I want you to be what kind of giver? Cheerful, right? I want you to be a cheerful giver. I think about Exodus chapter 25, verses 1 and 2. Last thing I'll say and I'll move on. But in Exodus chapter 25, verses 1 and 2, God is speaking to Moses and he's talking about the collection that he's going to get for the tabernacle to be built. And this is what God says, and I think it's very interesting what God says. In Exodus 25, verses 1 and 2, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it 
willingly, with his heart, you shall take his offering. You know what God's saying? I don't want their offering if they're giving it grudgingly. I don't want their offering if their heart's not in it. I want you to have an offering from the heart. And if somebody is willingly going to offer it from the heart, Moses, take it. But if they're not, just let them be. I think God might say the same for us today, don't you think? Listen, if this is just an obligation, this is just something you do, this is just a motion that you're going through, God says, I'm not interested. I want your heart. I want you. I want you to be engaged when you worship me. That's what I want to be about. They gave liberally. They gave bountifully. They gave willingly. They gave eagerly. The Bible tells us in verse number 4, going back to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, they implored us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. They begged Paul to take what they had collected. How about that? Here's a mindset that says, hey, Paul, we have come together, generously collected this money. We know that we've got some brethren over here in need, and so we've got this money. You must take it. Because Paul shows up, and he sees them in what condition? The depths of poverty. And Paul might be thinking, brethren... You need this money. I can't take this money. You need this money. I see the living conditions you all are in. I see what's going on in your lives. I can't take this. You keep it. And they begged him, no, we've collected this for other people in need. You take it. That kind of mindset. God, this is your money. Take it. I'm begging you. Take it. I, can, I, I know that you'll, you'll see that my needs are met. I know that you'll take care of me. I know that it's all going to work out for me just fine. I'm begging you, take it. They were eager to give to God. Because there was a mindset. It truly is more blessed to give than to receive. I want to have that mindset, brethren. I want to give thought to that. I want to give to God eagerly. In the very same verse, I already read the end of it. They understood that that, that their brethren needed this. That this money, this gift that we're giving is a way that we are ministering to the saints. Give relationally. I don't think I made up a word there. I was trying to go for the L-Y like all the others, right? Relationally. Give relationally. Give because you understand that this is a way of helping our brethren, of administering a gift to those who are in need. That collectively, we're in this together. This is a joint partnership. That we are collectively, as a congregation, with these monies, we're going to be able to help each other. We're going to be able to support each other and the works that this congregation is involved in. And we're going to be able to help those well beyond the borders of Midland, Texas. We're going to be generous and we're going to be able to help others who find themselves in need. I want to think that way when I give. I just want you to keep your finger there for just a moment and run back with me to Romans chapter 15. I want you to go back with me because here in Romans chapter 15, Paul speaks directly about what we're talking about. This gift that was collected by the congregations in Macedonia and the congregations in Corinth, the region of Achaia. Paul speaks to the Romans about this very gift. 
In Romans 15 and verse 25, beginning, Paul says, But now I'm going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints. For it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. It pleased them indeed, and they are debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. Therefore, when I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I shall go to you by way of Spain. Paul says to the Romans, look, I'm I'm ready to come to you. I'm going to come to you later, but I have something to take care of first. There's this contribution that's been made by the Gentiles, by those in Macedonia and Achaia, to to help their brethren over there in Judea, in Jerusalem. And so uh, Paul says, I've got to take this to help those brethren there. There's a contribution that's been made. There's this fellowship that is enjoyed. And these, these brethren are wanting to help these brethren in their time of need. Paul says, I'm going to do that. When I give on the first day of the week as part of my worship, I want to be thinking about fellowship, about relationship. I want to be thinking about my brethren and, and the fact that, that what meager means I have to contribute can ultimately be used to help my brethren, to help those who are lost, to be right with God. That this can be used relationally with the help of God. And finally, in this context, I want to give sacrificially. Now these people, yeah, they, they gave bountifully. They gave to their ability even beyond their ability. But this is what we find in verse number 5 in, in this way that I'm thinking. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Listen to me. Our giving on the first day of the week as part of our worship to God, is an extension of our appreciation for the sacrifice of Jesus. These people first gave themselves to the Lord. That's what the Bible says. And then they gave themselves to us. The sacrifice of Jesus has to be what motivates me to give on the first day of the week. The cross motivates everything that I want to be about. What God has sacrificed for us, our giving is simply a way of expressing our gratitude and love for that sacrifice. When I think about giving, when I think about how much to give, these are the the attitudes that I want to make sure are lined up in my mind. That I want to give thought to this. That I don't want to just uh, randomly say, oh, okay, well, today we'll give this and, and you know, whatever. Uh, we'll just go drop it in the plate and, and we'll go about our day. No. I want to think about Jesus. I want to think about His sacrifice for me. I want to think about what God gave up. And I want to think about these attitudes that we see God commending God bestowing grace upon those with this kind of mindset. I want to emulate it in my life as well. 
Maybe we would do well as we're thinking about putting our, our collection in the plate as if we were actually putting it into the very hand of God Himself and saying, God, this is a way of showing how much I love You. What if I would think like that? Verse number 7 says, As you abound in everything, in your faith, your trust and obedience, in your speech, in what you say and how you say it, in knowledge, in your study of God's Word and growing in Him, in all diligence, in everything you do, in everything that you're about in life, in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. This giving. Abound in it. Give serious thought to it. It's not just an obligation. It's not just going through the motions. It's not just something that we're about. Brethren, it is part of our worship to God that we need to give serious thought to. I'm telling you this morning, I don't know of a more generous group of people than the ones sitting right here today. I don't know of budgets that are as high with this many people in in the brotherhood. But I'm saying if we don't give thought to this, if I don't sit and and contemplate for a moment what I'm about, then this area of my worship is going to be lacking, and I don't want that. I want to give serious thought to it. Now, you can go ahead and put your things away. We're about to sing a song of invitation. Before we do, I want to just give you four questions. Four questions for you to consider. I'm not saying you necessarily need to write these down. I'm just, I just want to throw these out there. As you sit here this morning, perhaps in your mind, you're, you're able to think of a number. You're able to think of, uh, what, what did I give? What do I give? All right, Have a number in your mind. This is, this is what I give. This is how much I give on a weekly basis. This is how much I gave last year. And with that number in mind, I just want to ask you a couple questions. How does that compare to other things that I spend money on in my life? How does that money compare? I I know where my money is going in other ways. I I know entertainment choices and and I've got housing bills and I've got all these other things. But how does what I give, how does that compare to other bills that I have? That's a healthy way of looking at things, I think. Make that comparison. How does that line up? And am I proud of that? Am I okay with that? Or do we need to think about that some more? Am I giving the same amount today that I was giving last year at this time? Or two years ago at this time? Or five years ago at this time? Even though I might be making more today than I was last year or two years ago or five years ago, I still find myself giving the same amount. Are you okay with that? I'm just... I'm not trying to, to, to do whatever. I'm just giving you some things to think about, okay? That's it. I'm trying to think about this myself. Are we okay with that? What if I miss a Lord's Day? What if I'm, I'm sick? Or what if I'm unable to attend? Is that just uh, free money? Oh, good. I don't have to give today. Oh, good. I, I don't have to make that one up. I, I, just free money. I don't have to give because I wasn't there. Or is your mindset, i got to make that up. You know, I know I wasn't there, but, but I'm going to give because that's what I've purposed to do. I'm, I'm going to give, even though I've missed. I, I make sure that I drop something in that plate because that's part of my worship to God and, and I'm thinking about Him and the sacrifice of His Son in my life. 
Or how about this one? I'm just using 10. Again, we don't tithe. I understand. We don't tithe today. That, that word is not in the New Testament. They didn't tithe. We don't tithe. I'm just using the number 10. What if I went to a, a prospective employer and I, he said, okay, tell me what you give. What, what's your yearly contribution? I'll pay you 10 times what you give. Would you go to work for that employer? I just want you to think about it. Just think about it. Is that, is that enough for you to live on? Enough for you to make it? How much are we giving? All right. Are we giving serious thought to this? Are we just going through the motions? I want to think about Jesus more. I want to think about him in every aspect of what I do. Jesus, keep me near the cross. I want to think about him. And this is an area that we need to think about. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15, Paul says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. He's given you everything. He gave you everything He could give. He offered you His only Son so that you can be saved. I want to ask you this morning, have you responded to Him? Have you come to Him in faith, repentance, and baptism? Have you been willing to make the confession that you believe that he, he is the Christ, the Son of the living God? He's given everything He can give for you. Have you come to Him? Are you a Christian today? If the answer is no, well, this is your time. This is a time that's been provided to you by God. You can respond to Him and you can be right. This morning, if you're not a Christian, we urge you to, we, we urge you to come. The Lord invites you to come. Won't you? As you as a Christian sit here today and you say, you know what? I've just not been very serious about this thing. I, I've just allowed other things to come into my life. And I've, I've found myself kind of pushing God to the side lately. I need to make that right. I need to stop living my life that way. I need, I need to repent of such, and I need the prayers of my brethren. I need their encouragement. We invite you to come. We want to help you any way that we can. This morning, if you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, it's open for all. Please come now while together we stand and while we sing.